What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, it's your boy Q. And it's your boy Big Facts. Betty, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Enjoying these preseason games, man. Yeah, it's you know it, it's weird watching without the crowd in these arenas. Yeah, um, like I didn't think I would notice it, but I definitely like notice it. Um, but we right back to some good ass basketball, man. Like you know, you saw a high level basketball at the bubble. I imagine there's going to be like clearly some rust for some teams. I mean, I don't really know what to make of any of the teams right now. Um, you see rust. You see guys trying to play themselves back into shape. Um, but it's some good basketball happening, man. I, I legitimately cannot wait and cannot tell which way this season's going to go so far. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be really competitive. I mean, I like like what I'm seeing from a lot of teams. I like the fact that because there's no training camp, well, a little bit of a training camp, but, you know, none of these long extended periods that they have to kind of be intense during these preseason games to kind of work themselves back into shape. Um, so you're seeing some high-level play earlier, similar to what you saw in, like, those first six, two or three games before the bubble actually started. So it's a, it's a similar groove to that, man. And uh, if that's any indication from what the bubble, the, the teams that really took that, played hard and took that serious, came out faster than other teams. Now, everybody was playing for pretty much their playoffs, lives, and seating and stuff. So that's a different level of intensity. But I think that we're going to hit the ground running with this season. Yeah, I mean, and you'll have your, of course, you know, everyone's expecting LeBron and those guys like the, and the guys from the Heat to maybe take it a little bit easier, like a Jimmy Butler, just your veterans, basically. Yeah, Heat ain't taking it easy, unless it's, unless it's Drogic, but nah, they gonna. Yeah, that, that, so they run them, hey, no matter what, y'all ready, so, yeah, um, but said, the Lakers. They said everybody complaining about the breaks, but we ready, nah, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Butler will sit out back-to-backs and all that, though. Yeah, you, it, it's going to have to happen. That That's still going to be my concern for this year is, like, injuries. You just hope that, like, with you when you when we have lockout season, um, the injuries tend to tick up, and a star inevitably always gets hurt. Um, 99, it was Patrick Ewing. Uh, I think it was Derrick Rose. They came back from the lockout year in 20. Oh, no, 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 that was next season. Uh, somebody got hurt lockout season um, in 2012. But it, it inevitably, you see the injuries tick up. So hopefully, that's not going to be the case. You know, this kind of condensed season. We've been kind of getting a star injury every season for the last couple of seasons, anyway. So it's always going to be that risk. This season's a little bit different, though, because of the virus is still out there. They have to kind of map it a different way. I mean, we all know that's a seventy-two game shortened season, but also the travel is going to be different. Um, they've only released half the schedule right now. Like, they're not even releasing the other half because they want to make sure that they have room in case there's a breakout. Um, It's more like a baseball-type schedule. You're going to be playing two or three games, the same team two or three times in the same week to cut down on travel. So it's going to be a lot of different things where it's not going to be a bubble, but it's going to be have some of those aspects of kind of keeping people contained and in one area, which could kind of suck for – suck. Uh, it's kind of suck for some of these players, man. I, I do remember, like – um, not a remember, but a couple of days ago, I read some article and they were talking about how um, sleep deprivation and the travel and stuff affects these players' depth. So that's why the level of play was so high in the bubble because they weren't sleep deprived, they weren't um, had jet lag. All they could think about is basketball. I mean, I think we talked about some of that, but it's interesting to see how this schedule 
would be more beneficial to that. I mean, do we see a higher level of basketball because there's less travel because you're in a city longer and you can, you know, do shoot arounds and stuff? Well, so Mark Cuban came out and talked about that recently and was basically saying um, they actually learned just that from the bubble. So apparently they just have been doing the schedule the same way they've been doing it forever, according to him, just because that's how they've always done it. Um, and he's been one of, I mean, we all know Mark, he was kind of a forward thinker when it comes to the NBA. He's pretty innovative, um, and transformative at times, but he, he mentioned that they did see the level of play and the intensity increased. And so you're going to see that moving forward. It's not just going to be for 2021 where, yeah, if you play in LA, you're just going to knock out both of those games or potentially three of the four games or something like that, play both teams and then shoot back. Because it's not necessarily just COVID. It is. They saw that rest really made a difference. Um, And if you can maximize the high-quality play, um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see um, some games cut back. They're not going to do 72 forever. But he did mention that this is going to be a test-run season to say, hey, you know, if we can make up the revenue with the play-in games, maybe 72 72 games make sense. So it'll be interesting to see what what comes out of the season. I like 72. I mean – Every time they talked about shortening the season, it was always like just shortening the season. They never talked about shortening the season and then adding a a group of play-in games because, I mean, if you really think about it, once you get into those last two or three weeks, that's like the worst basketball you can have. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. It's awful. Like, stars are sitting if you're good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's only a few good games far in between. If you can cut that out, if the stars are just saying – it's like – when you're in school and you had an A the whole year and the teacher say, well, no point of you taking the test. I feel like that yep. should be the way it is. You know what I mean? Like 68 yep. games, something like that. And then do the, the 10 play-in games. You know, like now it's six, it's six through 10, which is impressive because, I don't know, it's six, was it 6 through 10 in the, in the thing? No, it's 7 through 9. It was 7 through 9 in the uh, bubble. No, it was just anybody. Yeah. It was different, I think. I think it was anybody with that was in four games, though. So I think that's why it was different because it was like that's the right. six, yeah, seven, yeah. eight, and ninth seed in the East, but then it was like all the way to the 12th seed in the West. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. So they try to even it out to do six through 10 or something like that. But I think, I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to. Like, that's going to be an exciting time of year. I think you changed that time of year where people weren't really paying attention to now you're going to be more invested in watching that because it's a, like a pre-playoffs, a playoffs before the playoffs. I love it. Well, and you also cut down on the disparity between some of these trash-ass teams in the East, too, because, like you said, you can get to 12 teams that are going to make a run for some type of playing game um, in the East that, that, that'll that look good, right? Like, the records won't be, like, you know, a 15-win team, 20-win team like they tend to have in the East, yeah. and then you've got 12 teams fighting around 500 in the West. So, um, yeah, and like I said, come March, uh, you know, whew, uh, April, right before the first round, man, it's nobody's watching that. If if you and I didn't play fancy basketball, as we fancy basketball, we weren't junkies. I don't know that we're watching it. You know what I mean? So oh, shit. Uh, even it's in the rough. fantasy basketball league, because of that bullshit, we have to cut the league two weeks short because people won't play. So, I mean, it's, it should yeah. be fun. It should be interesting. It should be different. I think that it's about time for the NBA to get more innovative. I mean, I like the fact that they stopped that uh, playing three games in the finals. 
you know what I mean, to two games, three games. I, I like the fact that they changed that format. And people don't talk about that enough. That is a big difference in formatting. Like a lot of series in history could have been switched if it was just that format change where you don't get that three consecutive games at home and then fly back. You know what I mean? So yep. it, it could have been it, – it, you could have had some different outcomes, and I think you'll start – seeing more of that with the the way it is it's more competitive get teams better chance you know even to close them out i mean you could be up 2-0 and you got to go three games and a do you know yep so all right man let's get to the season uh but first fat james harden showed up he uh you know he clearly has not been working out very much um but came play yesterday did you get, get a chance to watch the game yeah, I watched a little bit of it, man. James Harden was James Harden. James Harden gonna be James Harden, fat, skinny. James gonna be James, man. Whatever, man. James Harden reminds me of uh, James Tony in boxing. You know who James Tony is? Yes, sir. Don't don't work out. Just come in there. You switch the style of fighting. That's what James Harden is, man. No matter yeah. what he does, he gonna come prepared for the game. He what is he? Basketball, Booby Gibson. Booby, why didn't you lift? Or was it Booby Miles? Is that who it was? Yeah, you talking about Booby Miles? Uh, I don't know. Well, you know what you talk about. You talk from Friday Night Lights. Oh no, nah, I don't remember that. Shit. Yeah, boo, I ain't watch that shit. Boo, don't lift. Watch that tonight. So, but James gonna be James, man. You exactly right. He he, look, he got the old man hairline, the old man game. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he don't need to practice. He don't need to lift weights. His game gonna be his game. It's not like he's his game is like John Wall. He predicated on speed. Yeah. I mean, it's just hesitations, you know what I mean? Getting bigger, use your body a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, I, don't, I ain't really worried about James. We know James is going to be in shape. Uh, whatever he does, whatever his routine is, you can criticize his routine. You can criticize what he does, but it's effective. You know what I mean? Like, even when they talk about they let him do whatever he wants, they said that he'll take a trip, party, come back, and everybody's cool because you know he's going to hit a 50-point triple-double. I mean, so can you really – He's superstar it? Robin. Yeah, man. Superstar Rod. You just got to let it off, man. Let off the pressure. Man, I don't really want to talk about trade rumors. Um, I, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, ain't no need to speculate. All I know is if Ben Simmons is on the table or Michael Porter Jr. is on the table, you, you got two franchise cornerstones. I, I don't know. Like, And if let me ask you this, actually. If you're Houston and and – or excuse me, if you're if you if you're Philly and Houston says, "Hey, we want Ben Simmons and two first, or Ben Simmons and," if you're Philly, don't you just say, "You can fuck off." Like Ben Simmons is the best asset in this entire deal. I would argue even more valuable than James. We can swap. I think, or you can go to. I hell. think it's ludicrous that Houston is asking for picks with Ben Simmons because I think in order to trade Ben Simmons, Philly needs to be getting picks from Houston. But I understand it from both sides. Exactly. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, you know, I understand it from both sides because that's what happens when you got a superstar that you've let let run the organization. Because every time he threatened you with trades, you jumped, right? You jumped to make it happen. It just so happened when Chris Paul came, Chris Paul was smart enough to organize it where they didn't have to give up any real assets in order to get him. I mean, they gave up Lou Will and Patrick Beverly, but in order to get Chris Paul and the success they had, that was nothing, right? But then he forces a trade to go get Westbrook, and you have to give up two first-round picks and two pick swaps, right, just to get Westbrook and to get off Chris Paul's contract. That's only one year into the deal. One year into that. 
And then after trading Clint Capella to fit the style and doing all these massive changes to the organization, you trade Westbrook. Okay, you salvage that. You get John Wall and you get a and you get a first, right? So you you no, yeah, you get a first. You got a first back and you got John Wall. Kind of salvage of Westbrook. You're never gonna get all of it back, but you got one of the two first rounds back. But now James Harden wants to leave. Well, okay, if James Harden leaves, I need to get back some of my assets that I gave up. So I understand why Houston's saying it, but at this point in time, I think you just got to make the trade. If Ben Simmons is actually on the table, I think that's a bad trade for Philly. I think it could work for Houston. I think it'll be similar to um, Shaquille O'Neal Kobe. You trade Shaq, right? And Miami Heat has an immediate return on that in the first two years. But over the long run, it was much better to have Kobe. And I think that's what I have. Yep. I think you would trade Ben Simmons to to um to Houston. And then it really wouldn't work with I don't think it's really gonna work with Ben Simmons and Wall, but there's some stuff you can do, pick and roll. He could be more of a big man, right? Uh, and then Houston then um James Harden goes to the Sixers, and I think they immediately become the best team in the conference. And they could probably with him and Joel and B, however long they can coexist, which I don't foresee being more than a year. <laughs> but maybe you maybe you have a magical year in that one year. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about last week, man, it's it's a two-year window either way with James. He's 31 years old. I mean, if if Allen Iverson and cats like that taught me anything, it's that cats that party like this, they drop off. Like, just, it, it, like, it's going to happen. AI went from being like, damn, that nigga's still averaging 27 a game to like, damn, AI is on the Memphis Grizzlies bench a year later. Like, it was over. And a lot of that goes with, of course, ego and shit like that. But you know what yeah, I mean? But, like, it was over. He was washed. Yeah, but that, I mean, you could say the same thing. It's kind of like Carmelo Anthony, man. You put them in situations. Like, of course they can play. If they're motivated and they're getting the attention and the love, then they can play. But if not, then what What do they look like? And that's what you saw. But now Melo, you know, I'm interested to see how Melo plays this year, now coming off the bench again. You know what I mean? Does he still keep up that same intensity and that same fire? And that's the same thing that's going to happen with Harden. You're right. Whenever Harden gets outside of the situation where he can control and do everything, what Harden are you going to get? Are you going to get the Oklahoma City Harden that's cool with coming in and playing this role, just being a pure point guard? Or are you going to get soaking Harden that turns into D, some version of Deion Waiters. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, other big news, man. Giannis signed the Supermax with Milwaukee. Um, you think that's good for the NBA? You, who, who are the winners and losers in that deal? Because I don't, I don't know that there's any losers. Uh, nah, I think the, I think that Giannis did everybody a favor. Um, so I, I think so too. I think by him signing this Supermax, all these teams that were preparing to, you know, go on a bidding war for him can now readjust early, way early, and make a decision on what they're going to do. And I'm, as a Miami Heat fan, fan I'm grateful. You know, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. I just want him to sign it so we can try to do something else. And and I, I like it. I like that he's going to try to stick with his team, try to win it. I like even when I'm talking about, like, Giannis may go here, Giannis may go there, I think if Giannis would have left, it went against his messaging more than KD. Like, I think this would be similar to LeBron, you know what I'm leaving? I think it would have been more viral if the if Giannis would have left than when KD left, you know what I mean? I think it would have took a lot of respect off his name. I think him staying, trying to fight it out. Uh, I want to know what guarantees that he got from the organization because that's the big thing it's like fans look at it and think it's about 
you know, winning with your own team, loyalty and all that. Now, it's about now the new NBA is kind of dumb to sign these five-year deals because once you sign them, you give up all control and the organization won't make the moves that you want them to make. You know what I'm saying? They start rebuilding around you. They start, um, you know, giving up your prime years. And players don't want that. So I'm interested because they said before Giannis signed, the team sat down with his agent. And I think that's big because if you break those promises with the agents, they can keep free agents and everybody from coming there for years. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I think it's good for the NBA. I really, I mean, obviously it's great for the Bucks. I mean, if you 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 lose Giannis, I mean, a small market team like, you know, I mean, you look at Cleveland without LeBron, they're a mess. I mean, that's that's just they are a mess. Um, you know, but they were a that's mess what you're looking at. Your LeBron left. But that, but that's my point, right? That, but that's how good I think Giannis is, and how good he's going to be. I think his legacy is going to. I think it's great for them that, and and especially if someone like Luca stays in Dallas. Like if you see some of these guys stay, you're always going to have the movement, which I think will be fine. But as long as you get some cornerstones that can stay and fight with their teams and build, like if you think about if you're if you're Dallas, like to be able to say the our legacy for 20 years was garbage mark aguirre was our best player maybe jason kidd for a minute then to go for to dirk for what 20 years and maybe you get 10 to 15 20 years of 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 luca i mean you know that's awesome yeah it's no it's no doubt that one player can change a franchise like going forward you know what i'm saying they can change them by staying they can change them by leaving you know what i mean so you yep. just you just kind of never know the one thing that i don't want to happen though i don't want it to turn into a kevin garnett situation either right where you Correct. have the best player in a situation where the team can't ever put the right players around him and then you know start rebuilding around him and you know that's the same type of situation so it's always risky but that Supermax contract kind of changed the game because before that Supermax contract, it was no incentive not to go win with the pressures that's put on you for not winning. If you're going to get that much pressure, then I might as well just leave because fans have a short memory. You know what I mean? Especially if, Exactly. You know what I mean? So you, you have to go, and it's more about – it's not like it is. Like, even we talk about small market team. It doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's not the days of the Lakers where the Lakers can just outspin everybody all the time. Like, now there's a cap. All you have to do is be willing to go over that cap. Now, maybe in a year I'll work with you to get under the cap so you're not a repeater team, but that's what LeBron, that's why LeBron start, started leaving. That's why the movement started. They're forcing these teams to spend money, and that's what it's about. It's not about loyalty. It's something about loyalty, I guess. Not really. I don't believe. I think it's more about no. forcing these owners to spend money where they can't just get cheap and leave you stuck with a bum team. But... Honestly, man, I just think, you know, you're in a different NBA. A lot of these old school owners are out, right? Like they're, they're like you have a, just a new wave of, of, of owners that are actually investing in these franchises. And you and I have talked about, right? They're probably going to add another round or two to the draft. They're probably going to really focus on the G League and maybe even get involved, you know, with – from from high school levels and and circumvent the NCAA, you know what I mean. They you can really see the investment in the NBA now, and also the way that these teams are doing business. You look at how quickly Brooklyn came together and getting KD um, 
uh, Kyrie, and then to be able to say, all right, we're going to bring in Steve Nash, who it's not about that old school, like Phil Jackson is needed to come in and manage the egos. It's, I want somebody who has played this game at a high level, who is a high basketball IQ, who's been around the game like a Steve Nash. I mean, who better to coach you? You know, it doesn't matter what the qualifications are. And I think that's going to matter for a lot of these teams as they continue to build. Yeah, I mean, I hope you see a move more towards younger coaches. I mean, I'm still looking at mm-hmm. Dibs playing the Knicks, his starters, <laughs> into the fourth quarter all the way to the end he of the ain't game changing, man. in preseason. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, he got the full rotation going in preseason, bro. So you got to know what Look, you're going to get for him. <laughs> I don't care how you're going to sell me on Tibbs being a good coach for 20. I, I just, co- Tibbs is a 1990s, 2000 at the latest coach. Like, Tibbs is not a dude I want as the face of my franchise. I just don't. Yeah, well, the Knicks have them now, so it'll be interesting to see what the happens Knicks there, the but man. You ready to get into the season preview? Yeah, man. You want to start east, west, where you want to go? Well, I think the West is the candy, so let's go with East first. <laughs> All right, let's get to the veggies. Um, man, I think this – I don't even really know what to say about the East. Um, I think this is going to be – the East is wide open. Mm-hmm. But, but I, the East is wide open, but I truly think the favorite – Brooklyn Nets, man. Like, I like watching KD play – if KD is 80, 85% of what KD is, I don't know how that... I and the, the thing about Brooklyn is that I like about... like That I like better than every team in the East is by not trading Karis LeVert, Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen. That's depth. And Joe Harris. Like, that is depth. And they have a lot of it. So not only do you have two superstars, and you, you can already see... This is KD's team. Kyrie defers KD. Like, we know who the alpha is. And so whatever you saw last year, whatever you think about what Kyrie has been doing the last few years, being the little beta male that he is, now that there's a real alpha, maybe he falls back into that number two role. I don't see why this team isn't at least in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not going to totally disagree, but I do think this is the best East that we've seen in a long time. Like, I can't think of a time. Oh, yeah where the East was this good from top to bottom. And the biggest thing with the Nets, you you, you hit on it, is that their depth. And I think that people are going to really underrate their depth. But you got to remember when you have an injury plague season um, like you just had, and then you add two of the top players back to it, you're deep at every position. Like Spencer Dinwiddie is a starting two guard, but then you got Joe Harris. Like you said, you got Carlos LeVert coming off the bench. You got DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen plus another rookie. You know what I mean? They got Torrey and Prince. They just have all types of players that aren't just regular players coming in. You got players that play quality minutes last year, and they were tough in the in the bubble. They were a tough team to get out without their star players. And I'm talking about their top three players in Dinwiddie, Kevin Durant, and oh, and DeAndre Jordan. They had the, like four or five players that they were missing, and you saw the toughness that they brought to this team. You still have Kenny Atkinson um, on the – not Kenny Atkinson. Uh, damn, what's what's the brother's name that, that coached in the uh, bubble? The black the black coach? I just uh, Jock Vaughn. 
Yeah, you still got Jock Vaughn there for the defensive purposes. You're going to have offense there. Hopefully, it's more ball movement and not ball dominant. But it looked good in the preseason game. But I wouldn't just go there, man, because I, I told you, man, I, I might. I know the Wizards ain't never won nothing, but neither is Brooklyn. I love that Wizards team, man. And just the same thing that we just said about Brooklyn is the same thing that you can say about the Wizards. They've been out there with Bill, who looks like Bill last year. Bill looked like he took that step to be a superstar. You add Russell Westbrook to that practice. You add a rookie in Dan Avija, Ru Ru Rui. You got Thomas Bryant back. Um, this team is deep, too, so I really like the Wizards, too. I think that you're going to see a different top half, and I like both those teams more than I like the Bucks. I'm a buyer in the Wizards being uh, certainly a playoff team. The the issue that I have with um, with Washington is they're just a lot of that talent isn't necessarily proven. Like we don't really know what Rui is yet. Um, obviously, Danny Abdia being a rookie, uh, Thomas Bryant I like. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. I think is a good role player. We know what Bertans is. There's just not that level of like. Like, Dinwiddie is a borderline all-star. Levert is a borderline all-star. I don't really see that level of depth uh, in Washington, although I do believe, like, this is a, is going to be a top half of the East team. Because, it could, because Bill... Uh, I, I yeah. think it's fit more than me. I think the players that Washington have fit in the, in the style of play that they want to play better. You know what I mean? Because I think at the end of the day, Brooklyn is going to come down to an isolation team. Like in crunch time, even even last year with Dinwiddie and LeBert, that offense still broke down to an ISO team. And having Steve Nash and Dan and Tony there ain't going to change that. They're going to be an isolation-based team. But when you look at the Wizards, having a Westbrook that's going to push the ball and kind of pretty much four, four, out of those, four out of five of those players in that starting lineup is going to push the ball once they get it. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a run-and-gun team. And then if it comes to Westbrook penetrating and kicking it out to Bradley Beal or David Bertans, you know what I mean? They just I, I think they have a lot of versatility in the style they can play. I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I do like them. I just I think that, for me, if you're talking about the top two teams in the East, it's got to be a Milwaukee just because – I do, I do believe Giannis is kind of like what we talked about next, our last episode. Like, I do believe that, you know, it, Jordan hit that ascension in year seven. LeBron hit that ascension in year seven. So he's hitting the check marks of, you know, becoming that dude. So I, I, I am kind of iffy on the talent they put around him. I, like, I, I do love Drew Holiday. Don't love what they gave up for Drew Holiday. But... I think Giannis is good enough. Like if he, we're gonna see if he really is on the KD Lebron level because we know how good KD is. Like I understand everything you're saying about Washington. Like we are getting a supernova back in the NBA, and I, I like that. It, you know what I mean? So for me, KD has enough of my respect for me to say that that motherfucker's gonna be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and the, and then for me. I just think Giannis is right there. It's, it's it's now or never, and I think I think that he's good enough to take that team to the Eastern Conference Final at, at a minimum. I mean, I like Drew. I, I like everything that Drew does, but still, to me, I don't think that they really change the dynamics of that team. You know what I mean? Like the the talent that they put on there after Drew Holiday. I mean, that's why I thought that losing Bogdanovich was big for them because he was more of a a, a pure shooter. You know what I mean? Um, Drew is not a pure shooter. Drew is a really streaky shooter. He's a player. He He's a better player. version of Bledsoe. 
Yeah, he's an upgrade of Bledsoe, but he's essentially Bledsoe with just better and everything. But he's he's Bledsoe, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. then you have, and then you added DJ Augustine, and I think they they added uh, Brian Forbes. No pure shooters. I don't think that that team is gonna succeed. I think that they were at their best when they had Miritak, Miritak. You know what I mean? Yes. Because they need a Bogdanovich. They need one of the Bogdanovich brothers. They need a, They need a pure shooter on that team. And I don't think they have it. Chris Middleton has shown that he's not that pure shooter. He needs kind of the ball in his hands. He's an off-the-dribble type shooter. He's not a spot-up shooter. Even getting a player like Joe Harris or something like that, I do not see those type of players on the team. And as long as that's not on the team and Giannis can't shoot, then you're going to have a problem because I'm just going to pack the paint and I'm going to make everybody else shoot jumpers, and that team is not built for that. I just – I don't – I don't see that. Like, I would pick the Sixers. I like what I've seen from the Sixers team and what they're doing now with Shake Milton and the pick and rolls and kind of using uh, Ben as a picker more than a ball handler. I love the fact that they got Seth Curry in that starting lineup now because that's the perfect guard to go next to Ben Simmons. You actually get some shooting out there to spread the defense. Like, I love everything that the Sixers done has done. I think the Sixers got better than uh, the Bucks this year. Yeah, the one sneaky signing I like for the Bucks, I'd kind of forgotten about. Um, I I did like the Tory Craig signing. Uh, I, I'm interested in that. Um, but you know, going back to uh, Philly, yeah, I'm with you, man. I I have to see what Philadelphia is going to be. I still have to make sense of Ben and Joel on the floor together. Like I just. I, I love though, that that because you got you got Ben I, and Joel on the floor, but now you got Danny Green and Seth Curry out there instead of Josh Richardson and Shake Milton. Like you have spot up shooters what, out there now, right? Which which totally cool. But again, so what? Philly moved Joel or sorry moved MB or Ben Simmons um, from point guard to forward last year. I wonder if that's going to continue to be the same or like. I guess the issue that I see when they play together is that they, they, it's just clogged. Like, it, it's just yeah. so clogged up because you have to have Embiid on the block, but all he wants to do is shoot, but Ben can't shoot. So I really have to see this dynamic that that Danny Green, who to me looks washed up as fuck, um, but if he can bridge the gap until that, that, that young boy from Arkansas, Isaiah <laughs> Joe is ready to roll, you're going to be all right. Uh, but I think, so I, I, I think if he can be... At, at, an average shooter um it does open up i just gotta see how that works man i i've seen it for four years now and i'm not a believer that that is the right that they that that, i just don't know what to make of them yeah i just don't think i mean part of spacing is having shooters around them and the biggest problem is that no team had to respect the jump shot of josh richardson i mean even if you go back two years ago when they had uh the kid that that went to brooklyn man i'm forgetting names uh he was with the Clippers. Shamit. When Shamit was a rookie. Oh, Shamit. Yeah. Shamit. When Shamit was a rookie, you saw that that offense looked a little bit better. Now, in, in the fourth quarter, it kind of got shaky because he was a rookie out there. He hadn't developed his game. But that's what I'm saying. I, I think that you're under. You're focusing a lot on Danny Green, and I don't think that you're focusing enough on Seth Curry. Because Seth Curry. No, that's legit. He's one Le- of the best shooters No, that's in a the legit NBA. pickup. Like, 
his yes. percentage is what like he's shooting 46 percent from three or something like that like he shoots yeah. the same as steph curry now he's not the playmaker he's not the ball handler he's none of those things but he is a legit shooter and a legit score and he can score off the dribble the fact that they got him out there in basically the point guard position but let ben handle the ball i think is perfect and i said i think that using ben and joel to do those pick and rolls with Danny Green and Seth and Tobias out there, as opposed to Josh Richardson, you have more spacing. They're going to bring spacing no matter what. And then you add in a Tyrese Maxey and a Dwight Howard coming off the bench. Like, I like this Philly team. I like what Philly did in the offseason to improve their team because I think they're way more versatile. And I think Doc Rivers will work with them to get a better version of offense because Doc Rivers won, runs more pick and roll. I love what Maury and, um, Maury and Doc Rivers have done, man. So as you get to this, so I can we agree that those are the top three seeds in the East, like on paper, that that should be the yeah. top three. I ain't gonna agree to that. Man, I, you, I can't. I can't so you still think man. Washington can get in there? Oh, I forgot about Miami. This, so okay, so here's my question. Like that. Come on now. Here's my question. So we've seen like the Orlando's, the uh, you know basically what Brooklyn has been. Knowing what we know is coming in with Brooklyn, knowing that Philly has gotten better, and knowing that uh, Milwaukee has Giannis, what does this do to the teams that have been used to being the two, three, four seeds in the East, you know, as this has been a booty-ass conference, like your Miami Heat, like the Toronto Raptors, like the Boston Celtics? Like, I think Boston had a real chance to try to make the finals within the last couple years, and I I'm not saying that window is closed, but man, I mean, you're gonna have a hard time convincing me Boston is a is a, you know gonna be a top three seed in the East. Yeah, I think Boston is in a soft rebuild. Whether they want to whether they want to admit it or not, mm-hmm. Boston is definitely in a soft soft rebuild. At the point where they lost Al Horford, I think that changed everything for them. Now we'll see if Teague and Kemba and Tristan Thompson can do anything for them. But I think me and you both agree that that ain't gonna do shit for them. And I think that you're looking Teague at... Teague was awful last year. Yeah, I mean, then you got Kemba out for most of the first half of the season. Um, Damaged goods. I, yeah, I don't like to see him. And they're going to... They got they have open spot. They're going to be starting some rookies. They're going to be playing rookies heavy minutes. One thing you can say, I think they drafted better this year. I think you have to give them that with Pritchard and um, Naismith and um, somebody else. But I think they drafted a lot better this year. But with that said... I don't think that Boston is going to be a top team. I think you're going to be looking at them and fighting for a playoff spot, playing in that tournament towards in a year. Now, as opposed to Miami, like it's hard for me to go against Miami because I know what style Miami is going to play, and I, Miami's not used to having a two, two, three seed. Like, let's get that clear. Last year was kind of a, uh, it kind of surprised us all. Like Miami is used to grinding, being that you know eight through four seed because they ain't had no superstars since LeBron. So that's just kind of the mentality they have. Like, I don't expect Miami to be a two-seed this year. I expect Miami to be in that six, between four and six. I mean, just depending on what happens. Some teams might mess because they're going to be the consistent team that's going to bring it. It's not going to be flashy. They're not going to always going to score. But you know what you're going against every time you go against them. And the one thing that's changed with them is before they were doing that grit and grind shit and couldn't shoot. Now they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. And they still play defense like that. So that's still going to be a problem. It's just going to be how far can Jimmy and Bam take them. That's why I want Harden there because I think that's what they're missing. Because I don't think Hero, 
is the I don't think Hero's the answer. I don't think none is the answer. And Duncan Robinson is really good, but you can develop another Duncan Robinson. Yeah, but can you develop another hero? Like, like, listen, I, listen, I'm with you. If, if I ship all those motherfuckers for Harden, but if if we're talking about what is hero, because I think that hero gets disrespected because he's white. Now, Duncan Robinson is probably. I mean, Duncan Robinson is the white dude who can shoot. That is what he is. I I don't I think, know that Tyler Hero, hero gets is a that lot dude. of respect because he's white. I think he gets more respect than he deserves because he's white. Like, I think we put him on this because I think if it was a black dude doing the same shit as Hero, we'd just be like, ah, you know, he cool. Like, I mean, Monty Moore is doing the same shit as Hero. I don't know because, like, everybody was like, oh, this nigga none is the truth. And then we, we like, you know, we got a couple games. We was like, ah, none, all right. Like, you know what I mean? But he, not, like, I think that Hero is better than none. But I don't know how because Hero did it for longer. Like, I mean, none did it for longer. Like, Hero had a good bubble. In a setting where they were like, that's the best setting for shooters and players. That's where heroes. And it's going to be that this season, too. But during the season, none was the one that was doing that. Heroes struggled during the season. Like, none looked like the player. None looked like, ah, we drafted Hero, but, you know, we got none for free, and he's the better prospect. And then you get in that condensed environment where everyone says it was built for shooters, and now it's like, and then even then, Hero wasn't consistent. You cannot depend on Hero from game to game. Some of that's because he's young. Some of that's because he's a rookie. But what do you, what does people think Hero's ceiling is? He can't even dunk. That's that that okay. So that's where I'm landing at. I cannot figure out what his ceiling is. Yeah, like he's Hero doesn't strike me as a guy like at best to me right now. If I were just a judge off the bubble, I'd say eh, he might make an All Star game every now and again. Once like maybe maybe he's Dragic at best. You know what I mean? Like at, at his ceiling is Dragic. Yeah. yeah, I think at his so, ceiling he becomes Goran Dragic. That's like the peak of what he can do, and he doesn't dribble as good as Dragic. You know what I mean? But yeah. other than that, like I, everybody's like, I wouldn't trade Hero for Harden. Why? If you look at, oh, the I'd history, do that without. When people yeah. were like, "Oh, would you give up the second pick for Hero?" I'd be like, uh, "I wouldn't trade the second pick for Hero." Yeah, like, nah, I mean. I don't, I don't think that, and like I said, I think that Hero gets a lot of love because he's white. Not that he can't hoop, not that he didn't take it seriously. Like, I think Hero's one of those guys, the one thing that you can't appreciate, I think he fits Miami culture perfectly. I think he's willing to work hard. I think he's willing to learn, and I think that that's what you saw. You saw him know his flaws from the season, come back in the bubble, work on everything that he was for, and make himself better. This year, he went up, the little bit of time that he had, he worked on his dribbling. And you can see that now, dribbling and finish at the rim. Like, I think that he's going to continue to develop. But my point is, like, it, his peak, what he wants to be is Devin Booker. That's who he That's who he wants to be. You know what I mean? That's what he's building his game up. So, if you're looking at ideally what he thinks the peak of his game is, it's Devin Booker, which is great for Miami. You know what I mean? But he's not as athletic as Devin Booker. He's not as tall as no. Devin Booker. And he can't handle the ball as well as Devin Booker. So even at a peak, he's going to be a, a off-brand Devin Booker. Like, if, if I Because Devin Booker's, Devin what, 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah, Devin Booker's tall. Hero's like 6'4"? You said who? Uh, yeah, he's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, like, Devin Booker's yeah. way taller than him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so Devin Booker... And even Devin Booker struggles. You know what I mean? Even there's even questions if Devin Booker's the franchise cornerstone of the team. You know what I mean? Because he still he still lacks athletic. He's a little bit more athletic than Hero, but not athletic enough to always get to the rim and finish. 
Don't don't tell these Arizona Phoenix these Phoenix Arizona fans that boy they, they be ready to fight. They think he Clay Thompson. Well, there's a reason why there's a reason why he's always shooting over double, double um over double teams and with a hand in his face because he doesn't get much separation off that dribble. And Clay Clay ain't athletic either, but Clay a dunk on you. Devin ain't dunking on mm-hmm. no <laughs> <laughs> Clay six um, seven. He does that because so, not a lot of people can block his shot, but Booker does man. it because he has to. And Clay will lock your ass down. Like we, you don't mess with Clay. Like it's just like, yeah. like he locks you down. He could put up thirty on you if he feels like it. Like, uh, well, let's, you let's know. wait on that because we're gonna get into that when we get into the West. So, all right, man. To just get back to these real quick, Indiana, another team. Like, yeah, I, I just don't see how that they're how like this top four to me. For me, the top three are locked. You know, assuming health, assuming health, the top three are locked. I don't but think you can four, take it. I think it's disrespect to not have Miami in that top three. Whatever you say about the bubble, mental toughness, nah, I think no. it's I think it's disrespectful to not have Miami in that top three. None of these Listen. teams that you talk about is mentally tough, period. Like Washington, you know, Philadelphia, Brooklyn. Listen. Like that, they're gonna have all to All I'm with saying is I would rather have KD and Kyrie than the Miami roster. I would rather have the Sixers roster than the Miami roster. Like the level of superstars, like you got, you, Miami has stars. These other teams got niggas that are fucking super duper stars. You know your problem. Is, the talent level just, you know, you don't you don't measure heart. That's your problem. <laughs> I mean, maybe all I'm saying is like Giannis is a supernova. Okay, Jimmy Butler, hey. Jimmy Butler's a, a, a nice steak. Okay, what we do, but he what, what ain't Dominic's. What we do to Giannis? What we do to Jalen, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum? Your your future stars of the NBA. You know what I mean? You got to show my. That was then, okay. You real disrespect. This ain't then. It only been a month and a half ago. (laughs) Okay, that that was last year. All right, this is this year. (laughs) (laughs) Like sixty-two days. Still the same. (laughs) (laughs) Them niggas already been wrote off. (laughs) They ain't been two full months. Hey, we, at least the others get like a whole offseason to get right on. We got right on, right on yeah. 32 days. Like, oh, no, nah, they ain't got yeah. it no more. <laughs> hey, I didn't even give them a chance to go to collections. Just, they gone. Okay? Didn't even get the 90 nah. days. Um, real quick, man. I got to say, I want to talk about somebody real quick. Because I wasn't necessarily a believer, but I like LaMelo, man. That nigga is going to be cold. Like, I, like yeah. his... He, wow, his his pass, his court vision, whew, at six nine, like I I don't even know if they hit on him, if they hit on Lamelo, if they if if Lamelo is everything that Lonzo was supposed to be and more, they got one because that dude his passing is elite already. When we were when we were been talking about this the last two or three years. The one thing that I'll always say is, I don't think you actually looked at him. Like, I'll be like, I don't think you actually looked at him play because he's always been in all these levels that he's been doing. He's just been like kind of figuring it out. You know what I mean? Trying to figure out how to do it. And it's been like practice. But like, I don't understand why Charlotte's not starting here right now. Like shooting was always going to be 50-50. He's always going to be a bad shot taker. It's just, does he turn in? Does he, does he, is he Lonzo or does he turn into James Harden where he's an elite shot maker? But he's he's always gonna be that passer, and he's an elite rebounder too. So he has the he's ability, a, if nothing else, just to be a Westbrook type player that's gonna get you ten rebounds and ten assists just by doing nothing. 
You know what I mean? It's just really can he get his his decision making down and his his shot making? And they have him on the perfect team with a team that's ready to run and just fly with like Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. Like this is a team built from here, and this is a case of a player going to the perfect spot. So often we have players that go to bad spots. I think this year's NBA. No matter what you say about the um, class being weak or not, but the best thing that happened is I think everybody went to a good fit, like to a team that fit their style. Because like it wasn't a reach to have to get these superstars. It's like every team, not every team, but most teams pick players that fit their style. Like I hated Killian Hayes. I like Killian Hayes now watching him and what they're doing with him in Detroit. I didn't realize that dude's like 6'7". He looks slow because he's so tall. Well, I did. I didn't. Re- I didn't think about the fact that Derrick Rose was going to be willing to mentor him. Yeah. Derrick Rose, hey, he's gonna take him under his wing. I mean, again, I think that the Pistons. Listen, now they 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 made the mistake of a lifetime by cutting Leangelo, according to Levar. Okay, they gonna rue the day. But uh, you know, dumb organizations or raggedy organizations do raggedy shit. So, uh, but I I did like their draft though. You know what I mean and. Blake Griffin is an expiring contract, but they say Don boy. Like they, they have just random dudes that they have shown they can develop Christian wood. I mean, they, they are deep at positions to where they didn't even, they're not even going to miss Christian wood. Hey, we don't really and know what he fee. is, but B and fee. Yes. So, hey, cause he's a, he's a pure shooter. Yes. Pure shooter. Mm hmm. So, I, I, I like where Detroit's going to be. I'm not willing to say I like Killian Hayes yet because I didn't like him either. Uh, I got to watch him. I got to wait and see. But there are a lot of people out there who did love Killian Hayes and who thought he had the potential to be the best player in the draft. I was not one of them because um, I think he French and I don't really like that. So, you know, <laughs> that's my reason. Ah. I just I don't trust players that play internationally because when you look at the tape, tape the competition look like at the like they're at the Y, the YMCA plan. You know what I mean? Unless you're in like the the league that Luca came from, the the uh, what was it, yeah. the Spanish league. Yeah, that that's but that's not the league he was in. So even watching him is hard no. to like judge the talent. But then when you start hearing these star guards talk about him, so you know it made me pay attention to him in the preseason. And I've been watching him, and although he doesn't have an elite, he doesn't have elite athleticism, he's one of those like James Harden type. L- looks like he's not the same as Harden, but I think he's more advanced at that level than Harden was when he came in the NBA. And I saw a lot of comparisons to Harden whenever he came in, and I can kind of see why because he's kind of six seven. He has he's not super athletic, but he can get a lot of space with that step back move he has. You know what I mean? And he kind of, he's big. He's big to be a guard. Even looking at him standing next to Derrick Rose. You know what I'm saying? He's like two inches taller than Derrick Rose. And he's only, what, 19 years old? So I can, I can see why the Pistons love him. And they're willing to give him the reins now and put veterans around him. The, one, the move that I didn't like from the Pistons is I didn't like Jeremy Grant. And the only reason I don't like Jeremy Grant. That's what I was saying. Because you're not in a win-now scenario. Now, if they trade Blake Griffin, then Jeremy Grant's going to be a great move. But as of right now, what's the point of having Blake Griffin? In? And it, it it's all probably because they're trying their ass off to move Blake Griffin. Like, they're showcasing him, talking about him all the time. So they're probably trying to move Blake Griffin for picks. I can understand that. But once they move Blake Griffin, I think you're going to like what Troy Weaver is doing. He's coming from that Oklahoma City tree. He has a young yep. team. He has one of those young... Hard-nosed teams right now with 
Killian, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, Steve. Like, that could be a good rebuild situation. It's just Blake Griffin. You got to move Blake Griffin out of there. And I don't know. Blake Griffin is always one of those fun-loving type of guys, so maybe he's mentoring them. I don't know. I mean. They're definitely going to be an interesting team to watch. Um, and, man, I, I loved I, – I've – I, Detroit has always like been one of my favorite franchises. For, not, I mean, that's a little strong. I always like Detroit. When Detroit is good, like I like Detroit. Uh, I do. I like how they get down. Um, so I, I really am rooting for them. Um, before we jump to the West, man, give me your eight. Who are the eight going to make the final? So last year, just because we got to take some people out last year, um, you had. Uh, go ahead. I'm going to go my definites before I get to the maybes. I got Brooklyn in there, Philly, um, Milwaukee, uh, Miami, Washington. So that only leaves three spots open. Uh, I guess you, you got to go Boston. I like Atlanta. Huh, that last one. Because it's going to be a play-in, so who could play it in and win? Because I don't think the Pacers can do it. <laughs> who am I missing? Did I say Brooklyn already? Oh, Raptors. Yeah, yeah. Raptors, my fault. You did that last year. Now, I'm not saying the Raptors don't make the playoffs. Yeah, Raptors. Ra- I think the Raptors will be like a 4-5 or five seed. Yeah, that's, that's that's my eight. So it's going to be, I got Brooklyn, I got Boston, I got Toronto, Philly, uh, Milwaukee, Miami, and Atlanta. Oh, Washington. So Atlanta don't make it. Yeah, I got a land in my I got a land in my eight. Yeah, I gotta take I gotta take the Pacers out. I don't think the Pacers make it. Atlanta, I think Atlanta makes it over the Pacers. I definitely, you know, Orlando and, and Indiana are the teams I don't think make the playoffs this year in the East that made it last year. Um we have the same top four. Um so I, I do have Brooklyn, uh Milwaukee, Philly, uh Toronto, Miami. Um, Boston, I think, makes the playoffs. You got Atlanta in eight? I, I'd... I think Atlanta can get the eighth seed. I definitely do think that. Um, I just think, man, those last three spots in the East, I just don't know. Because Boston, I think, is going to make the playoffs. Toronto's going to make the playoffs. It literally comes down to that that, you know, seventh and eighth seed. I don't know who it's gonna be. I don't know who it's going to be. Cause I don't think there I it I don't think I don't think I don't think Boston is so much of a sure thing. Like I don't think it's definite that Boston makes the playoffs. See like I think they'll be in the tournament, but 
I, I don't. I mean, I don't. Boston has to prove something to me. I mean, they almost made the like, finals two years ago. Do. I mean, they, Boston has made this, and it it does depend on whether or not Tatum makes the leap. Like he, if he plays like he was playing in the bubble, they've lost the. That's lot true. Since then. But if if he's good enough, and and Jalen, if, if Jalen and 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 Jason make the leap, I think Boston is at least a playoff team. I don't think they're contenders. I I agree with you. I think a couple bad drafts uh, have kind of shown that that they need to rebuild. Um, but they can do it quickly if they have two, two, you know, franchise guys, which I think they do in Tatum and, and Brown. So I think they make the playoffs. Um, I just think, but Indiana, how can you say that, that with Indiana? Cause that's tough too, man. Cause Oladipo, if he can kind of get back to that level, I still like that team. So bonus is the truth. Like I, I like the team. I mean, TJ Warren being hurt sucks, but ah, I don't know, man. But this goes back to what? This goes back to what I'm saying. They all can't make it. <laughs> I mean, and it, it might be Atlanta be the one out. Like, how much do you believe in Atlanta? But I don't think that teams like that, like, I don't think Orlando's, you, you don't have Orlando. I don't think Boston's a lot. Like, I me, mean, even even maybe Miami. Like, we have to get the season started to see how these teams plays. It's just hard for me to believe, like, because years before, if Miami wouldn't have done what they did last year, then Miami would definitely be in the same conversation as the Pacers and the Hawks and all these teams because that's what they've been. You know what I mean? But my point is, is that, like, somebody's going to get left out. And two of these teams might get left out if fuck around Charlotte becomes good or something, you know what I mean? Which is kind of hurt by Gordon Hayward all breaking right. his hand. But you just, I just think it's going to be more competitive. It's, it's going to be different when you get to that play-in. Because when you get to that play-in, it's not just, hey, I locked down a seven or eight seed. When you got this play-in tournament now, now it turns into something different because who's playing the best at the regular at the end of the season? Because now all you got to do is get to 10. And once you get to 10, <laughs> then you're in a play-in. Like, you're going to count Miami out in a play-in tournament situation? No. And that's that's what, why we want to kick the East off first because we got to let y'all know the East is going to be way more competitive than, than it's been in probably, shit, damn near 30 years. So um, I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's jump to the West. Um, I don't even know where to begin with the West, so let's start with the Lakers, I guess. I would say that, to me, the Lakers are still the number one seed. Um, they still have the best two players in, in, in the West. So um, for me, it's them. Uh, I I want to see if Dallas is going to make the leap this year. Denver is intriguing to me. I don't know that they're good enough to be the two seed um, because I I do think that we can make all this the you know all this noise about the Clippers all we want to. I still think Kawhi is that dude. Um, I think he's good enough to where the Clippers. I don't know that that, that I believe in them for title contenders, but I certainly believe that they are going to be in the mix for that two seed three seed and it wouldn't shock me if they made the western conference finals i still think the clippers are a move away i think the clippers are going to make that moves at some point in time to bring in another guard and another help um i do like the fact that um how they're they're trying to use luke Kennard at the I point like guard because he can kind of do some of those things uh i think that the the removal of montrez harrell was big for them and I think that's going to change the dynamic because I think the loudest person in the locker room about how everyone was treated was probably Montrez Harrell. Because, I I mean, if Patrick Beverly can play with James Harden, he's not unfamiliar to the bullshit. I mean, we just talked about what, what goes on in Houston, and Patrick Beverly was perfectly fine there. I doubt Lou Will would care because 
Yeah, he doing his thing. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so a lot of the dynamics that I think is a lot of the problems I think is going to go away with Doc Rivers and Ty Lue. And I I definitely think this. I think that the addition of Serge Ibaka was was huge for them. Now, I said, and he's starting the center. So, now you got Zubak coming off the bench, and it's a different style. You got more spacing, more versatility. I love this Clippers team. Um but I said this year, I'm not going to do my normal thing and disrespect the Lakers, disrespect LeBron, just for shits and giggles. The Lakers have to be the favorite on paper. I can't say that Miami's the favorite to go back to the finals and not say the Lakers not the favorite when, like you said, it's, like we said, it's been like 60 days. Like, they're still going to be legit. To add the fact that they just upgraded with Schroeder, um, whatever Montrez Harrell was or wasn't, you got to remember what he was during the season and two years ago. That's what he's bringing to this Lakers team off the bench. I, uh, Wesley Matthews, a dog on defense, a little bit more athletic. Like I love everything that the Lakers did. The Lakers are going to be a real problem. I think it will be a little bit tougher with the travel and not being in the bubble, but I think they have to be the favorites in the West. Um, as far as the third team, because I got the Clippers and I have the Lakers, that third team is a little bit trickier. Uh, I want to go with Denver. But I really like what Portland did, man. I, I I was watching that Portland team play. The addition of Covington and Derrick Jones Jr. And when Zach Collins come back healthy and with a healthy Nurkic, that Portland team is deep now and it's healthy. So if you can bring back uh, Zach Collins midseason or whenever he's going to come back to go with a Derrick Jones Jr. and Robert Covington and Nurkic, I, I like this Portland team, man. I think Portland's going to be the three seed, and then Denver's going to follow with the four because Denver is going through some reconstruction. Um, if you're going to be trying to play Michael Porter Jr. and Bowl Bowl and these younger players, that's going to come with a learning curve, and I just don't think they're going to end up being the two seed because Murray and Jokic don't go full out all the time. Yeah, you know, as I'm looking at the West, I actually am less certain about the West than I am about the East. Um, and I kind of think that sneakily, and I, you might have alluded to this last week, um, the the balance of power has been leveled, uh, I think, really quietly, actually. With KD, like, I, I think had KD come back last year, we would have realized it. But now, like, that you're getting a team that that just emerges out of nowhere seemingly in Brooklyn. It really does kind of say like, man, with Doc going east and, and you, you you know, Philly upgrading, um, you know, with Giannis's ascension, I mean, you really do look at the Westbrook and KD. Exactly. With with Westbrook going yeah, east. They're out of the West for what the first time and Because now yeah. you kind of look which I actually think that the West is more wide open outside than it's ever been because I think about Houston, and that's a perennial playoff team. Let's say they take a step back, right? I'm not saying that they're they're going to miss the playoffs unless they change they trade Harden. If, if they have Harden, they're a playoff team. Um, but you kind of look at the Utah Jazz, you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, the Spurs, the Timberwolves. Um, uh, we'll get to the Suns because I think the Suns are probably going to be in that top half of the West. But everybody's kind of in the same boat. Like either rebuilding has maybe a guy, but no real like but, championship contenders. But this is the thing. This is the thing. I just named those four teams without even mentioning the Suns, who we know have gotten better, without even mentioning the Warriors, without mentioning Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. Like that's just me saying that. You know what I mean? But it's not saying Utah Jazz now with Bogdanovich back in the fold. And we see how they shot – 
without Bogdanovich. You add Bogdanovich to that team in the bubble, and it gets real crazy because that was a shooter's gym. So you had Bogdanovich to that team in Utah that was with Mitchell going for 50 every game, and Mike, you know what I mean? So it would have been real different with Utah. So you add that, you, you bring back some toughness. I think that they really regret letting go of Derek Favors. I was actually watching a game, and I was thinking about this. They let go of Derek Favors to play smaller because they kept losing to Houston. And then the West fucked around and got big again. <laughs> so they're lucky to get Derek Favors back to match up with some of that size. Like, And then with all that said, it's the same thing I said with the East. After you look at that, you also have to look at the fact that it's a play-in tournament. Right. So all these teams, now you got to put them in situations of who's mentally tough enough to make it or not. You know what I mean? Because you're, now you're going to have, if you get Chris Paul as the, as the six seed, you know what I mean? Or a seven or eight seed on the merge. Like if Chris Paul and the and the Suns don't have the season that you think they should have and they end up being the ninth seed, I still take them to make the playoffs because I know what Chris Paul does in a playoff situation. I agree. So, I mean, it's – I don't I, – I trust him more. If Luka and them end up as the seven seed, you know what I mean? It's like these things that are going to happen. Like I don't think that Dallas is going to be in the top four because I don't know when KP's coming back. And Luka having to hold all that on his shoulder – for that length of time, I just think that's going to keep them from being a top four seed. I think they make the playoffs easily, and then they're dangerous in the playoffs, but I don't think they're a top four team. I mean, then you look at Minnesota with the addition of D'Lo. I mean, you only got, I think, what, two games of that last year. You're getting a full season of that. Um, but I, I, I – They're kind of deep, too, with Malik yes. Beasley. And, well, assuming uh, that he, yeah, he gets to be free forever because uh, he, he got some trouble coming his way. He probably get a – how many games do you think he did? 20? He, he going to miss some time. One way or the other, he going to miss some time. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think the biggest thing is I look at the, as I look over the West, dude, like outside of the Lakers, I think as far as contenders go, I think it's like, like title contenders, not playoff contenders. Like I think it's either the Lakers, you could talk me into the Clippers, you could talk me into Portland, maybe. But... I really think the the actual the best title contenders are going to be in the East, um, which is something that I don't think I've been able to say for a minute. Oh, I, I really do. I like Brooklyn more than I like the next best West team. I do if they're healthy. Shit, I like probably seven other teams in the West better than oh, I no, like. No, Brooklyn. no, 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 no. I mean, let's not get crazy. Like I think I think Brooklyn's a good team. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. But when you talk about competing and winning. Like, I do not trust that Nets team. I don't trust them. Like, yes, Kevin Durant won. He won with Warriors team, one of the best teams ever. Yes, Kyrie has won, but he won with LeBron, one of the most mentally tough dudes ever. And they were in some tough matchups. Before they get to that Golden State thing, they were in some tough matchups with the Celtics. You know what I mean? Like, I trust those. So I don't know what Kyrie and KD look like together. And that, that's my problem. Like, I can't say I favor them more. Like, I would take Denver over them. I would take Dallas over no them. Like, way. like, I would take these teams no over way. the Nets. Like, it's no I way just... I'm taking the Nets. The Nets are in, like, at seven. If we're talking about the whole NBA, the Nets probably is, like, seven. You put the Nets against the Warriors, I'm taking Absolutely the not. Like, KD, KD, I think, is at worst, at worst, the fifth best player in the league. At worst. Like... I mean that that could be true, but I mean that could have been true. There was times in Oklahoma City where KD was probably the and the, second and, best and they weren't the and they weren't beat 
they were always contenders. They made the finals. They they were a game within the finals. I like, agree. I, I, let's hey, not get crazy. I agree. And that took Westbrook to be 2010-8 Iron Man player to play all the games. That's not what Kyrie is. Kyrie's I, not that. But never the drop-off from Kyrie to Dinwiddie isn't like the drop-off to West, from Westbrook to who the fuck knows. But if you're... But if you're talking about the drop-off, I think there's a big drop-off between Dinwiddie and Westbrook. If you're talking about that's the second person on the team. But we talked about the depth. It doesn't have to be the second person on the team because between Dinwiddie, the the great thing that I think that the Nets have is that if Kyrie goes down, which probably, between Dinwiddie and LaVert, you can move them around because LaVert and Dinwiddie are ball handlers. You can run the offense through them by replacing them with a Torian Prince at the three who can come in and defend. With a Joe Harris so you still have the shooting. With a Jared Allen taking DeAndre. You know what I mean? Like, they have legit options. Bro, I hear you, but they're going to have to prove it because there's no way I'm taking that Nets team. Like I said, give me Lakers. Give me the Clippers. Give me Denver. Give me Portland. Nah. <laughs> give me Can't the Warriors. And the only team that I got them over after that, and, and give me Dallas. That's six teams right there. They're, they're at best. My you think that Dallas right now is better than NBA. Brooklyn or Philadelphia? No yes. way. Absolutely yes. not. I love Luka more than damn near no, anybody. I didn't say I didn't say Phil. I said I think. Yeah, I, hey, listen. I know what Dallas is going to bring to the table with Luka. Luka's going to be a No problem. doubt. Luca's like Ben Simmons that can shoot no doubt. shit. <laughs> but until but unless somebody else on that team is gonna turn into someone that's as good as Kyrie, someone that's as good as Joel Embiid, someone like there's gotta be a number two somewhere. The reason I like the Clippers, the reason I like the Trailblazers, because I know how they I know how the Trailblazers get down. They got better. So so Dallas Dallas with KP. It's who Dallas with KP in the if Knicks. if K but the same thing that you say about Kyrie applies to KP. We don't know if that motherfucker can play more than two months. No, I agree. So I mean, so your argument, your argument for I know you're not because they're not the favorite. The depth, the depth of Brooklyn hey, is better than the depth of Dallas. Hey, even with the depth, we can, we can say the depth. Kyrie goes down. Do you still take them as the number two team with Spencer Dinwiddie? I mean, that I think that. That team drops without Kyrie. And it I don't know that. I don't know that it drops that fast because because the history of losing Kyrie has proven to be a net positive. Brooklyn did or Boston was like, thank God this nigga ain't in here no more. We damn we can make the finals. So the uh, history says we're actually better without Kyrie. You even look, you even look at Brooklyn when Kyrie gets hurt. Then when he comes and he balls like they, like like they make up for Kyrie. If KD goes down, then they drop. Hey, excuse me, I just. I just don't believe I just don't believe KD gonna carry him. I mean, that's just me. I could be totally wrong. We seen what he done, with we, the Warriors, and we saw what he done with the Thunder. He proves that he we gonna do we it. gonna have to we gonna have to see. Well, we he, gonna mark gotta, this down. I gotta see him. I mean, even with the Thunder, people people put all their heat on the Westbrook. KD did that with Westbrook. We saw what Westbrook was without a true number two. We've never seen what KD is without a true number two. So you can't give him that respect. Now, I can understand if you say Washington is not going to do it. If Bill goes that's fine because we saw that Westbrook could not carry a team. We don't know. We can't just give it to KD and say we know KD. KD could look a lot like Westbrook. You know what I mean? He could look a lot like that. Because we don't know. We just give him the benefit of the doubt. That was on the Warriors. He's never done that. 
the Oklahoma City team wasn't great without Westbrook on that team. When it was just KD, they didn't look excellent. But they, they looked they night and day difference. Like Jeff Green. They, they looked like a, maybe a playoff team without KD to these motherfuckers might win the title with KD. Like, KD is a difference of a title, like legitimately. You can go through those. I don't think the Warriors have three titles without KD. I think they have exactly one. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not. My point is, you have not seen KD carry mediocre talent. I know what you're saying, talent. and Brooklyn doesn't have he's mediocre talent. talent. I, if 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 Kyrie goes down, I, Spencer Didwitty is a good player. Karis Levert is a good player. They are not all NBA players like Kyrie and Washington and uh, Westbrook. That is a big drop. So now he is carrying second-tier players. That's like saying Westbrook has Paul George. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, those are players. Like, Well, I can't say Paul George. He just got $500 million contracts. <laughs> I still think that his play is similar to Spencer Dinwiddie. But for contract purposes, he has to be a superstar. But what I'm saying, we've seen Westbrook fail. I don't know if KD can succeed in All situations. I'm saying is when Kyrie ain't on the team, ain't on the court, teams seem to get better somehow. So... <laughs> Well, let's, let's get back to this West. So you give me your eight in the West. Because I think the West, I think the West is going to be oh, I do competitive. Too. And with that play-in tournament, that, that play-in tournament. To be, be clear. Because you're going to get to, you're going to get like the Warriors or Houston. Somebody's going to fall. Like you're going to have legit star power in that bottom half to of the To be West, fair, right? I think the West is deeper. When I mean, who do I think can win a title? I just think there's a couple more teams in the East. Um, so I've got the Lakers. I've got the Clippers, I've got the Mavericks, um, I've got the Trailblazers, and not in any particular order. Uh, I got the Blazers. I have the Suns as my fifth. Um, my sixth is going to be Utah. Um, seven. So seven and eight is tough for me because I really don't. Did I say Denver? I said Denver, didn't I? Let me go back there, because I, 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 th- I thought I did. Maybe I got tripped up. So one more time, yeah. Lake both both LA teams, Denver, Portland, Dallas, Phoenix, um, and then we get to the when we get to the seventh and eighth seeds. I think as long as James Harden's on that team, Houston's making the playoffs. Um, that eighth seed, I you can't convince me that Golden State is going to be in the top half. I don't know, man, because right there you have Utah, you have Golden State, you got Minnesota, who's going to be better. You've got New Orleans right there, and then you've got Memphis and OKC. I, I legitimately, a gun to my head. Bro, you sound like the rap. You sound like the Raptors last year. I cannot believe that you're le- you're thinking about leaving the Warriors out of the playoffs. This is gonna age. Bad. I am not saying that they're. This is a recent. I'm not saying they're not gonna bro. make the playoffs. I'm saying that I don't believe that they are gonna be a good. You team. literally are hanging on them at AFC. Yeah. Like it's no way I'm picking Houston. It's no way I'm picking Dallas. Like, how do you got the Warriors? Like. I, I, I see. This is the thing: is I think that you are so down on Draymond Green. It's you're incredibly down. No, on I just think Green. it's think it's Clay getting be. hurt is just so mad, such a massive blow to me. I I believe in Steph, but I think that you like the 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 numbers show the 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 tape show my eyes show that Draymond is not 2015 2016 Draymond. He has not been since. Has he been good? 
Yes, but he's not the same player. Steph is coming off of a year riddle with injuries. And Steph's going to be fine. Steph is going to be Steph. But I don't know what Oubre is fully. I don't know what Wiggins is. You know what I mean? Like There's just a lot of question marks with Golden State. What does that bench look like? I'm not sure that that's a playoff team. I'm not sure that they're they're butt. I know that they're not butt. I know that they're going to be in the mix for for the play-in tournament. Well, I will say, I mean, it's fair because it. I mean, with the with the depth up top, I can I can see, it, and the people need to see it. But I think the one thing that everybody that is discounting Golden State is missing is how good Draymond Green is. And this is kind of what we do to players. I mentioned Chris Bosh last episode. That's what we do. When players take on different roles in order to win, we act like that talent doesn't exist anymore. Because Draymond hadn't such suffered major injuries. There hadn't been major changes to his game. Draymond's game has been the same. The only difference is he has the ball in his hand, hands a lot well, less. And that was because of KD. His shooting so, fell straight so off a cliff, he's though. not 2016. Just straight off a cliff. Draymond can't shoot. But, but, but he... Sh- he should. Like, why wouldn't he when you add KD to his role? Like, his role was literally take the ball off the rim, push the ball, be the point guard, be the screener, be the distributor. Everything that Dr- Draymond wasn't ever scoring 30 points. Draymond thing was right. defense, being able to pass, and rebound. When you add KD in there, a seven-foot player that he wants to take the ball off the rim, and he wants to go, and he needs the offense to run through him, and you need the offense to run through Curry, that eliminates Draymond to a role-player role where now he's at the top of the key, feeding the pole, and posting shots. I'm not Curry. disagreeing with that. You take him all out of his game. But he's not athletically so where he was. Now- like, if you look at how fast, I'm, I still think Draymond is good. I don't think Draymond is at the level that Draymond, like Draymond 15-16 was an elite hands down problem he just has not been that like last year i didn't see that and it, it could you can you can talk me into whatever the team wasn't good we, we can throw that season away if you want to but i even look at 18 like he just and i get your point with kd but i look at him when they were in the finals it wasn't the same draymond and i understand the circumstances what you're saying about kd in brooklyn is exactly how i feel about golden state i have to see what they look like without clay but they've already won together, though. With like, Clay, that wasn't Clay putting them on their back. That was Curry putting. But them But Clay the back. was a massive part of that, Clay, from right. from defense so, to scoring. To do you remember Clay's game six? Right. They don't they don't make it to game six of the finals or to to the NBA finals to lose to Cleveland sixteen without Clay. Like Clay was that vital and is that important? Yeah, but what I'm, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the year that they lost in sixteen because they needed Clay and they needed Curry, but they needed Clay. Um, Draymond was bad in that series. He got he got done in by Kevin Durant. So I, I agree with 16. In 15, you saw him. But the thing about it is, what I'm looking at the Warriors team now, um, and it's kind of what you see when you see team when you see players that are so demanding leave, like they're playing pure basketball again. So we remember last year, whenever KD was off the floor, you're like, man, do the Warriors look better without KD? Because the the ball movement and how they move and how beautiful that's what we liked about Golden State especially in the regular season, is that beautiful ball movement where everybody was hot, everybody was a threat, and that's where a player like um, Draymond thrives because everybody's touching the ball, the ball's moving. It didn't just stop to get KD the ball. When I'm watching them preseason now, even without Draymond Green, even without a Wiseman, because I think that's going to be big. I think Wiseman's going to be a lot better than what people think. I think he's going to be huge for them because they're going to need them because they don't have the three-point shooting that they had before. And that's going to be the biggest difference with Golden State. 
if you're tuning in to see the high-flying three-pointing shooting team that you saw before, you're not going to see that. What you're going to see is a lot of offense being ran. You're going to see a lot of mid-range jumpers. It's different. You know what I mean? So they're not going to be exciting, and they're not a lock to win, you know. But I don't know because this looks like one of those versions of the Spurs team where you're not going to see a lot of flash, but you're going to see some beautiful offense because nobody on that team besides Steph Curry feels like they need to score or they have to score. But you're kind of – Because nobody has – You're making stats. my point for me. Like, I'm not sure that this is a – I'm not debating whether or not Golden State is going to be a tough team or tough out or if they're going to be – in the mix for a playoff spot i'm not saying like here's here's to me like I, clay no but i'm not saying so i'm i'm saying that just to say that i believe that that's gonna benefit Ubre and wiggins because i don't think either one of them has ever been in a system like that so i think you're gonna okay you lost clay and i agree losing clay is huge because we know what he does defensively and we know what he does on the offense. But I think it's different because now you have elite slashers in Oubre and, and Wiggins. I think Oubre and Wiggins are going to have career years. And that's my thing because they are slashers and they're built for an offense with movement. It's kind of like when you would enter, put players like Steven Jackson and stuff in the San Antonio Spurs offense, how how good they look as a, compared to being on other teams. And being yeah, out. but see, I don't. again, I go back to the argument of Brooklyn. Like, I don't see how we can talk about Wiggins and, and Kelly Oubre when you talk about two players who legitimately have never played on winning teams, have never done anything worth anything in the league. And, you know, you talk about Clay, who last time I saw him, if he's on the floor, they win a title in 2019. You know what I mean? Like, Clay is that big of a deal to me. And my my eyes saying, like, Wiggins and, and Wiggins and Oubre don't equal whatever they have with Clay. Like, like the Kim, everything about what the, the glue piece that Clay is is missing. So I still think they're going to have to take time to play with each other, figure out who each other is. Like, because if, if they, they need Oubre and Wiggins to have career years, if you're telling me that they're going to play be a playoff team, but if they don't, I don't know what Golden State is. I, I just really don't. But I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it can, it can go either way, but like I said, I, I look at Draymond Green entered into that offense and the things that Draymond Green can do for that offense. That's why I think Draymond is going to have a career year. And I mean, what, what Wiggins has looked comfortable. Like, this is the first time I looked at Wiggins, and he's looked comfortable. And we know what Oubre brings. Oubre is playing the same role that he played in Phoenix that made them a tougher team to play. Like, everything he did in Phoenix, exact same role he's playing. So whatever you saw from um, Oubre last year, that's exactly what you're getting in this in this team because Monty Williams brought, brought a lot more motion. But now you're getting it without Rubio and being able to sink into the plate and play 30. And I like Oubre. I like Oubre to play. I, I wasn't saying that. I just, like I said... So it's really just Wiggins and Draymond where you want to see. I mean, I understand you have to see it. I just, I know what that offense looks like without KD. And I think a lot of people forget. Because even when KD was there and KD went out and you see it again, it's just like, man, the offense looked totally different. It's a total type of game. So my brain, what I'm doing is I'm inserting Kelly Oubre, one of the best slashers, Wiggins, one of the best slashers, and Draymond Green into that offense and that system of movement. And when you insert that, now they do have a problem with the bench. They need, they, they're going to need some help off the bench because I don't have anybody that I feel good with off the bench. But I, I like Wiseman. It's gonna, a lot's going to depend on Wiseman and where Draymond Green and Wiseman are. 
Um, you know, a lot of people are penciling in. I, you know, I don't have New Orleans in my top eight. I think that they're right, right in the mix. I don't think that they're better than Utah. I like Stan Van Gundy. I like the moves they've made. Um, Zion's going to have to play somewhat of a full season for me to believe in him. Lonzo's going to have to make the next step before I believe in them. Um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I've been watching Zion and I want to know, like, what is Zion? Like, maybe I need to see him in the regular season. But the, the problem with me watching Zion, I'm trying to look at Zion and be like, he does so many things well. Like, what does he do to, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to put in words. Like, I don't know what he does to affect winning. I know he's energetic. I know his dunks. When you look at him, the only thing that he really does consistently is He does that. not strike me as the, the, the superstar that people are looking for in the 20s. Like a... Like, he doesn't profile to me as the Giannis, Luka. Like, I can run everything through this dude, and we're going to be fine. I am with you. I I think that, like, I don't even see Blake Griffin in Zion. Like, that type of play. I don't know. Um, he probably is more Blake Griffin than anything. Maybe. Because Blake could shoot, and Zion is iffy on that. I think, I think he's more... You're, I don't know. Blake had to work on his shot. Blake worked to be a shooter. I don't know coming into the league that he was the shooter that he is now. Blake took a lot of time to work on his shooting and working on his ball handling. That's what I'm kind of getting to. That's kind of like what I think. That's what I think Zion is. I think Zion is a first version of Blake Griffin. I don't think he's Giannis. I don't think he's Luke. I think he's a some version which, of Blake Which Griffin. leads me to say Zion is going to have to be, in my opinion, and again, we haven't seen Zion play, so it's, it's a. I, I think he's profiling in the way his game looks. Is he's going to have to be the number two guy? Like he, like you, you're not good. Like he's not the number one. He he's going to have to be Blake Griffin to somebody's yeah. better, better version of like or a Chris Paul type. Well, yeah, I think. Well, I think that's why I think that's why I like Brandon Ingram and Zion together. Because Brandon Ingram is the killer. You know what I mean? He's that player that can get a get a bucket whenever you need. And sometimes Zion is more energy than he is, you know, energy, toughness under the goal, second rebound type player. I think Zion really needs for Lonzo to develop a jumper. <laughs> and if Lonzo can develop a six, uh, a jumper, not, not just a three-pointer. Well, it's going to have to be a three-pointer because Stan don't shoot mid-ranges. But if he could just get a consistent jumper off that pick and roll, I think that's where you see Zion become elite because then he turns into that Sean right. Kim type of player where not only – because the best thing about Zion isn't his athleticism. It's his fucking yep. second jump. That's why he gets 10 rebounds. Because he's lightning fast. Because once he misses, he jumps faster than everybody else. It's the fastest shit you ever see. And if you can get him a lot of easy, easy – alley-oops before he can develop because he hadn't really developed that post right. game and that's what he's going to have to do develop that post game but until he gets that he's going to really need Lonzo to be the player that we thought Lonzo was going to be because the only person that can give you offense anytime they want is See, Brandon Eagle. and that's why you talk about players falling to the perfect situations I think Memphis landing job was the best thing that could have happened for him because it took the pressure off and now you really get to let jo- I'm excited about the Grizzlies this year. Like I don't I don't have them as my, as a lock for my top 8, but I certainly think that they're going to be in the mix of flirting with that playoff spot. Um I I, I legitimately think Jaw is the truth. 
Uh, and I'm, maybe that's biased, but I do think that dude's that good. I wonder how they're going to do with Brandon. Um, uh, damn, what's my man's name? Uh, no, Jaron Jackson's out for for the first part of the season. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Clark. Clark. I wonder how they're going to do with Brandon Clark being in the starting lineup as opposed to coming off the bench. Um, you know, I really like Jaron Jackson. He didn't look good in the bubble in that starting lineup position. He looked very uncomfortable with all that. That that was my. You're, we're talking about Brand Clark. Yeah, that yeah. that's my hesitation. So I'm I'm curious to see what what he looks like in the starting lineup. Um, the thing about Jaron to me in the pro. I think Memphis takes the biggest step back. This you know, year. it depends. I think it's a step back to go forward, but I think they take the biggest step back because before when they were good early in that season, that was with Jay yep. Crowder and some veterans on that team. I think they take a, a pretty significant step well, back. Well, I, I don't know. I think for Memphis it has to be, again, like I said, I, I think they're going to flirt with, with the team. It's, it's going to depend on Ja obviously taking the next step. I love the Desmond Bain pick because they've always needed a shooter. Um, and if you can get Dylan Brooks' punk ass to the bench at some point, the problem with, with Memphis for me, I do agree with you, they probably do take a step back. The problem with me for Memphis is I don't know what if we're ever going to see Justice Winslow um, and at least Justice Winslow reaches potential. And then B, I really don't know what to make of um, of Jaron Jackson. Like I think he's a great player. Everybody compares him to Kevin Garnett. I just don't see it. I think that they still need someone else to be that number two banana and Jaron Jackson kind of be that third, you know, the big man, the win- the rim defender, like yeah. the third option that you don't have to run plays for because I-, I just don't think that Memphis is going – I don't think he's going to be the offensive player that you need him to be. Yeah, I mean, I th- not having Jaron Jackson is going to be huge. I didn't – I'm like, Jaron Jackson is a probably one of the best big men shooter I've seen. But his shot's so ugly, <laughs> you know man. I, mean? I, don't, but, I don't know how that thing goes in. I – I don't care how good it is. I don't like it because I don't like big men that can't get 10 rebounds. That's the problem. Like that's, that's, that bothers and me. He's a man. walking foul. It really bothers me. Like John Collins, I love John Collins, but the fact that he can't get 10 rebounds, like if you don't walk in the game and just get 10 rebounds, like if nothing else, I know Zion's going to get 10 rebounds. If he plays, he's going to get 10 rebounds. Like that's just, that's just effort. I don't like these big men that stand on the outside and shoot threes. Now, I do like the way Jaron Jackson protects the rim. Um, but I think the fact that he shoots so many threes bothers me, and I can't never really give him the respect that he deserves. Um, I would have liked to have, like, I don't know how much time Brandon Clark has had to change his game, and that's going to be the problem because with this short and all season, a lot of what you saw from players before is a lot of what you're going to get because they already had the four months off to really change their game. And so you're not going to get any big jump from these players, and that's why I think that Memphis is going to take a step back, losing Jay Crowder, um, not having time to develop, not having Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, you're going to see a lot more JV in there, J- Jonas Valachunas, which kind of slows the game down and doesn't fit Ja. I think Ja's going to have a monster season just because he's going to have to do so much. I think it's going to be kind of like we see with Trey Young. I think Trey Young's stats take a step back, but the team be better. I think Jaws' numbers are going to be stupid. Like, he might get 30 triple-doubles. Yeah, something. You know what I mean? Like, I think Jaws going to be stupid, but I don't think the team's going to be that good. Um, other than that, man, that's all I really had. I don't really know what to make of Minnesota. I think that they're, they're – I, I don't really believe in them. Uh, San Antonio is going to be a team that I watch. Like, you know, not necessarily them play basketball, but watching to creep around in the standings. Um I'm not in on Sacramento. I, I like Halliburton. I like their players individually. I'm iffy on Walton. Um, 
that's pretty much what I got, man. But I tell you what, though, and this is a situation that I talked about before. Um, you say you're iffy on San Antonio, but then you get San Antonio in a play-in situation where there's a ninth. You don't want to play him. And they're the play-in. You don't want to play him. And you have to go against DeRose and LaMarcus Aldridge and them running that offense. Like, they may not be a regular season team, but that's why I think this play-in tournament at the end changes because now it's not all about record and just playing good in the regular season. You're going to have to see San Antonio, no matter who you are. Like, they're not getting below no. the seed, so you're going to have to see them in a playoff situation, and I can't say that they're not going to make it. I mean, yeah. They almost made it this time around. They were just like five games. And I don't like none of their players. Like, I just – I like Devin Vassell. I like him. He looks good in the preseason. But – I like Kelvin. I like Kelton Johnson, too. I like Kelton um, Johnson Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to see San Antonio. But, I, yeah, I don't know how much of their basketball I'm going to watch. But I think I think my eight, uh, no order because I'm just looking at the rankings and they some for some reason got Utah on top. <laughs> but Utah, Denver, um, Portland – Clippers, Lakers, um, Golden State, Phoenix. Dallas is the one I'm questioning. Over Golden State? And it. Yes, 1,000%. Um, but Dallas is better than Brooklyn. You see, like, you a walking get... contradiction this this year. No, I, but I put Warriors. No, I'm not. Yeah, I put Warriors did. in that. You I did. said Brooklyn was That's seven. Crazy. Seven on my list of contenders. <laughs> but uh, my my so this is my my thing, right? I'm not gonna leave the Warriors out for the same reason that I'm not gonna leave San Antonio out. These at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want about Draymond and Steph. They are battle proven, and if, if they do fall off and they're the sixth seed, I don't think any team is going to knock them out of getting into the playoffs. That's just how I feel. When you put Draymond Curry, that offense, and what I've seen from them over the years, I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. Then you go to a team like Dallas, who's going to spend the first half of the year without KP and got a lot of new pieces. They're missing Seth Curry, and they have a young team. Luka's awesome, but how many games can Luka win? Can Luka win enough games to keep them out of the seventh or eighth seed? Then if you get in the seventh and eighth seed, then you start playing teams like I'm talking about. Now you're playing Sacramento. You're potentially playing Phoenix in these playing games. You're playing the Warriors in these playing games. You're playing San Antonio in these playing games. Like, there's no reason for me to think that Dallas is just a lock to win in a playoff-style tournament. Yes, you're going to have Luka and you're going to have KP, but you also have a lot of tough teams. So I want to put them in there, but if you put Luka, putting Luka and Dallas against the Clippers is a better matchup than putting Luka and Dallas against San Antonio for a spot to get in, one spot to get in. I think that Dallas would take the Clippers all day because they're not going to be disciplined. One thing you know about San Antonio, they're going to be disciplined every time. They're going to lock the paint. Every time. They're not going to let Luka go crazy. It's not going to be no open shots. It's going to be a tough matchup. And that's my kind of problem with the bottom half. Before, if it's just regular season records, then, yeah, I'll put Dallas in there. And San Antonio's not going to make it. But, I mean, I don't know. I just think the bottom half is going to be crazy. I think in the East, you're going to see one team that you're used to seeing in the playoffs, not in the playoffs. In the West, you may see two. You may see three. Like, I'm putting Portland up there. Portland might not make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Portland might be the same this year. You know what I mean? It, it's going to be something like that. All that sounds crazy, but that playoff tournament is going to change because you're going to play some team under you that's going to be hungry. You put Sacramento in that tournament with a fully healthy with what I was looking at with Bagley and Whiteside and Holmes. I mean, they had a lot of injuries last year. 
But you you put Fox healthy from the beginning of the season, Bagley, Rashawn Holmes, you add Hassan Whiteside on the back end of that. Buddy Hill isn't coming off the bench and pouting anymore. Like these are some dangerous teams in the West. You just said you talked about um Zion. Zion, the uh, Pelicans being healthy with Zion all year. And they're seventh AC. Like somebody's gonna miss, in my opinion. I don't think it's gonna be all these old teams that we're used to seeing. I don't think there's real locks. You're right to say that the Warriors might not make it. Houston probably is not going to make it. Dallas isn't a lock. Utah isn't a lock. There's a lot of these teams that aren't locks that we think could be locks based on previous seasons. Yeah. All I know, man, is I'm excited for this season. Season starts on the 22nd, Tuesday, TNT, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Nets. We're going to really get to see. We're going to record this episode after this Brooklyn and Golden State matchup, and we gonna see. Hey, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Man, it's just the first game when the Warriors. Nah, baptized. we gonna see. All right, <laughs> so um, that's all I got, man. I'm looking forward to the season. When Kelly Oubre goes for 34. Now that I gotta see. This, uh, I'm. What? I'm just. All I'm saying is, bro. Durant looks good. I. I just. I don't know, man. I'm excited about some basketball. So. Um, I'm I'm excited too. I just don't want to overreact and say I I gotta see Brooklyn. And I understand that you gotta see the Warriors too. For the same reason that I have to see Brooklyn, I just I'm like I said, I have more confidence in Draymond and Curry than I do in KD and Kyrie. And if healthy, I'm planting my flag on Brooklyn this year. If healthy, because you know what it is, you didn't talk me into you didn't talk me into KD and Giannis for the next five, six years, and I want to see it. Okay, that's who I need my Eastern Conference Finals to be. Like LeVar, I'm going to will it. You know the problem with that? They got to see Miami, and I don't think they're ready for Bam. You sleeping on Bam, man. Bam running the conference right now. Bam is the Eastern Conference. So when Bam come and he get his little homeboy precious up to speed by the end of the year, he's going to be on. Hey, <laughs> y'all notice how humble I am about the Grizzlies, all right? This, they may, might even make the finals in the bubble now Now all of a sudden, Bam Shaq. You know what I mean? He all world all of a sudden. Hey, listen, listen. Hey, the only reason I ain't calling the title because I got to see what Precious do. If Precious what I think he is, I'm going to be <laughs> in a couple of weeks. If Precious start playing that same deal and knocking down threes, I'm going to be saying all kinds of wild stuff. So right now, I am humble by saying that they're just the top four team. In my brain, I actually think they're the best team oh, in the East. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to chill. I'm going to see what they do. All right, man. That's it. That's all. We're going to kick it to y'all next week. Uh, get ready for some basketball, y'all. We got a great season coming up. So we'll holler. Peace. Peace.